Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full-spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. My name is Bill, and I'm joined here today with Connor and Steve. Yep, yep. Today is December 30th, 2019. We hope all of you guys had a good Christmas out there. Getting and ready for a happy new year. Absolutely. We're on New Year's Eve's Eve. One of our own just celebrated a birthday, so it looks like our uh, our good buddy Steve here. Yeah, I turned 28. It's a shame I didn't... Uh... I had a few days to think about the 27 club and yeah, you uh, made it out. Yeah, I thought about it. I was like, you know, I'm, I was actually taking the train down here. I was like, I could just jump right now. <laughs> <laughs> just join the club. Maybe something happens. I don't know. Get a prize. Get rich after you die. Yeah, who yeah. knows, dude? This podcast is dedicated in the honor of Steve Heim. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe it's like you get there. Like if you go do like, you know, some like God heaven thing, you show up I'm like, oh, you're 27. Right this way, sir. And they take you to like a table at a restaurant and it's all of them sitting there like, <laughs> welcome to the club, bro. <laughs> I'm sitting there with Jim and Kurt, you know. <laughs> so what were you planning after in utero? I just want to know what was the direction. Kurt, I just want to know what the last thing going through your head was. <laughs> but um, So what about new or interesting? Anything? Uh, I got DJ Shadow, new new track featuring Dave East, Taxon. Oh, hell yeah. Um. It's good. It's got like a, I mean, dark a little bit lyrically, but it's got a funner vibe. Yeah, you showed me that. It sounds actually really fucking awesome. Yeah, I like it. By you, Steve. So I actually never heard this album. Uh, it actually popped up on Apple Music. It wasn't there. Like uh, Nirvana, when you look up a lot of their stuff, like Incesticide wasn't on there. Um, a lot of their live shows weren't on there, but there was a album finally put on there, which was them live at the Paramount okay. in 91. Oh, yeah. I had never heard that show. And they obvi- say that's their best performance. Dude, it's yeah. fucking good. I Because I the only live album that was on there that was worth listening to, other than Muddy Banks, was Live at Reading. And this mm-hmm. popped up, and I'm like, oh, from 91. And it was obviously right after. Never mind. Yeah, because he still performed Smells Like Teen Spirit like the right way before he started getting really jokey about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rape Me's actually played on it, and that's the only song from off Utero, of Utero yeah. that they actually perform. And it's obviously played a little bit differently, like the lyrics and stuff. But, dude, that album, like, if you don't have a fond appreciation for Nirvana, just because when you see some of their bits of their shows, it's like it's more of like a punk atmosphere. But to actually really hear Kurt, like, in his peak and listen Trying. to that, dude, like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, yeah. that's like, a even show. Even me being, like, not a giant Nirvana fan, yeah. I know that show. That, that album is really fucking really good, man. Jesus I, doesn't want me for a That's how it being. starts, dude. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I always think about, like, Seattle in 89 with the band that should not be named. And... Um, mm-hmm. That Paramount show, man, from Nirvana, that would be up there on the list if I could go back. Yeah, that particular Seattle show, that <sighs> that is my like pinnacle yeah, for man. like live shows. So like, good. period. So good. Like I almost wish they I think we talked about this before, where I wish they had the material from their their follow up album on that tour because it would have been fucking second to none. You wouldn't have been able to touch it. Let me ask you a question. 
because um, now there's this new thing with bands where they're like really prohibiting recording devices being used during the shows. They yeah. either like lock up your phone or just ask you to respect the band in general. Um, and I was actually talking to a friend about this because I had recently seen a show where that was the case. And so everybody got videos because you were allowed to get a video of the last song. But then we think back, like, what if you were able to, like, film like that and get some raw footage? And even though you went against the band's wishes, but he brought up Pink Floyd, especially. He was like, wouldn't it have been awesome if there was video today of, like, animals, the animals tour, like in their prime? You know, yeah. you think of some of the shows that there's like there's no like other than the Pompeii, there's like no real old school Pink Floyd recordings. You know, well, think of, it's that just, goes into another band, uh, Van Halen. Yeah. Recently, they released. I think I sent you the link. They yeah. released footage from the 1978 tour. Yeah. Like, and you can't find live videos from that era. Like, you always find like 82 or yeah. 83 after that. But the first album cycle, they have the full show on there. Yeah. And like, you hear eruption. Like, as it is on the CD and not, like, you know, like, the 20-minute drawn-out, like, fucking mm. jerk-off session. Yeah. Like, it's, like, it, it sounds like you're fucking listening to the CD and, like, Dave can actually it's sing. like Kurt at Paramount. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's, yeah. like, it's just spectacular. But it's, it was released on, like, 8-millimeter tape or yeah. something, like, or 8-millimeter film. Like, it looks like shit. Yeah. But it sounds good because it was taken from the soundboard. It was, like, uh, I think it was a like Key Largo, Maryland or something. Yeah. Which is funny because... I was listening to the Henry Rollins podcast, or no, it wasn't Henry Rollins podcast. It was a Henry Rollins spoken word thing where he talks about podcast Van Halen party tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he um he was talking about seeing Van Halen on that tour, opening for Ted Nugent, and it was funny because like he's he's you know talking about the show, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I've seen the live Van Halen videos, and I've seen Van Halen live, and yeah, whatever, I can't really see it. But then after seeing that particular show that he was referring to. Like it was, it was a fucking mind blown situation. Yeah. Like it's just amazing. I just wish because I'm thinking about like some of the shows I've seen. If they did like a pressed audio of like one of their like one of the best performances from that specific tour. Well, you'll have bands that'll buy. be against that kind of shit. Yeah. Like you know, like you can't have like a song remains the same type situation. Yeah. Or like um like by uh, Black Label Society's uh boozed something yeah something or other. Like, I remember there's, like, that famous video of Zach Wilde flipping the fuck out backstage. Like, we're not going to fucking change our set list for these motherfuckers yeah. and shit like that. But even so, like, they picked one show where they knew they were going to play their best set and they are going to really give it their all. Just for, It's not to say that they're not going to give it their all the whole tour, but, like, get one yeah. audio session and just, like, release an album for that tour. Because you know how many people, like, that were at the show that would want to relive exactly what they had just heard yeah. and then have that as, like, a... Because, like, I constantly make playlists of the songs i just heard on tour but it's all the studio versions yeah you know what i mean because i'm not going to make a set list with just random live tracks of specific songs and try to jumble it into i'd rather just listen to it straight but if i could actually go back and listen to what i heard song by song and kind of relive that moment constantly well the thing is dude you know in some dark warehouse somewhere there's a fucking flash drive with yeah. november 16th 2019 tool show you know that yeah, that's that recorded cool, yeah. somewhere and that someone has that. Like, there's no way that, like, dude, you see it. Like, these bands put out these live albums and shit, and it's like, you know that they went through and they're like, all right, let's listen to this. Like, yeah. let, let's, the, the, you, know, you know, there's some jerk off that's sitting at a computer 
listening through all the live shows to pick out the best one. Well, that's why I said it, because when I got in the argument with my friend, initially it started, but he kind of put it in perspective because someone did videotape that entire show from their phone. Yeah. And I think like it was a respect factor that they did not want it to be recorded. Yeah. So my initial reaction is I didn't touch my phone the entire show until, you know, made her at the end so you can record. But then I think like when I see there's a whole recording, like this guy just fucking straps it. Fuck you to them. But yeah. then also, too, he now has something that's going to be embedded in memory that people are like going to watch it, not to see like the mistakes made, but more so just to relive it. Well, I know? think probably the major thing with these artists not wanting people to videotape their shows are maybe because the quality like granted they don't compared yeah. to where we were like 10 years ago the quality is so much better but it's like you were saying before you don't get the full atmosphere the full sound yep. like if you're sitting there live and the fucking speakers are like shaking your clothes and shit like you don't get that yep. from a phone yep. which i can understand to an extent but it's like you just said you want to relive something yeah because you think about shows because like i couldn't see animals live yeah, you know, with Pink Floyd. I think it goes back to like the Native American saying, where it's like the, the pictures and film and shit steal your soul. Yeah. Oh, that's deep, dude. <laughs> so I said, like, you weren't meant to see these shows, dude. So you have to live were, it or nothing. Like, it's my fault that I was born in '91 and not in '61. You know? Yeah, my fault. <laughs> Product of your time. God damn. But my newer interesting for this week. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. My newer interesting yeah. is um the newest release from Children of Bodom called mm. hexed yeah i used to love children of odom I, I mean i still do but i wasn't sure about how well their new music would be considering the fact of all the uh all the negative press that's going around like with uh, alexi like all the members have left besides him of course and you know like uh rope he's no longer the guitar player anymore mm. he's gone he's been gone for a while i think he left soon after uh blood drunk and um after hearing the new song they're definitely on the right track to going back to like that classic children of Bodom sound. Yeah. And I think honestly, I think they might be even be a little bit heavier than they were before. I mean, cause children of Bodom was never like super fucking crazy, like brutal heavy. Nah, they were they just, had that like Gothic. Uh, yeah. They were like, a, it was like a weird, like, like it was almost like dark. And I want to say dark. It was almost like, um, Demi gear, but more melodic, like yeah. driven towards like a dark tranquility at the gates, melodic sound, but yep. with that gothic theme underlying it. Yeah, now they're like from what from what I heard on Hexed, they're they're definitely a little bit heavier than they were before, and I'm actually looking forward to listening to the whole thing. Where on this day in music history, 1942, Frank Sinatra performs as a solo act for the first time, playing to a crowd of screaming teenage girls at the Paramount Theater in New York City. <laughs> Different Paramount, but I'm sure it was still a great show. <laughs> We're talking about old blue eyes here. Yeah. Uh, Talk about wanting to see a show. It would have been cool as shit to see him in his prime, dude. Frank Sinatra, most notable for uh, giving uh, Quincy Jones his first shot. Yeah, that's true. Um. Fast forward 20 years later, 1962, in Nashville, Tennessee, Brenda Lee's home was destroyed by fire. Oh, That's shit. Any Brenda Lee fans in the house? Eh. No. Okay. No. Can't say that. 1968, Led Zeppelin, who were advertised as Led Zeppelin, <laughs> appeared at Gonzaga University Gymnasium, Spokane, Washington, on their first North American tour supporting Vanilla Fudge. You know a story about their name, right? They went over like Led Zeppelin? Uh, no. Um... 
Frank Zappa said when he was like listening to the original recordings and stuff that he said this band's going to go down like a Led yeah, Zeppelin. Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine how much that concert poster would be be worth now with, with the mispronounced name oh, Len yeah. Zeppelin? Yo, just speaking of shows like this, just to kind of like get off topic, did you know that Bla- I sent you that Black Sabbath's first show in the United States was at Rowan. Yeah, well, Rowan. It was Gloucester, where Black it was Glassboro. Yeah. Glassboro University. Did you know that? Yeah. I Rowan. didn't fucking know that until the other day. I didn't know it either. It was, it was fucking like around on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw that. Yeah, yeah meme culture, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. It is kind of cool to think about it. Like, <laughs> like think about it right now. In this neighborhood that we're sitting in, there yep. is a good possibility the Black Sabbath bus could have been traveling down this street. Black, fucking Ozzy Osbourne could have pissed in this basement. He could have. Yeah, he yep. probably pissed in the sump pump though. For those of you that are listening. Maybe you've heard us talk about this before. This podcast is based out of Glassboro, New Jersey. We are about a stone's throw away from Rowan University, which is where we have found out that Black Sabbath had played their first United States show. It's crazy. Funny enough, Michael, veteran, other host of the podcast, (laughs) um, other famed co-host of the podcast, Michael has played at Glassboro University. Yeah, Yeah, with his old Black Sabbath show. Not at the Black Sabbath <laughs> show, but it was a couple years after that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. It all comes full circle. 1979, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer announced their breakup. Oh. They weren't uh, very lucky men that day. Definitely not. Definitely <laughs> were not. 1999, George Harrison, famous for his uh, holiday single, Ding Dong, Ding Dong, <laughs> and his wife were attacked in their home during a robbery. Though Harrison was stabbed in the chest four times, he and his wife were able to subdue the assailant until police arrived. Like that guy actually those, died. No, they yeah, beat this his is ass one of down. The most violent uh, on this days. <laughs> we're not laughing. It's about overshadowed the... by ding dong, ding dong. And <laughs> oh, shall we do that? <laughs> nah, I think that's pretty good. I mean, because everybody knows the situation. I think. Uh, yeah, we don't of, find this statute of limitation says we can laugh about yeah. this situation because it happened in 1999. I mean, yeah, it's been 20. Yeah, he years. definitely laughs about it. Let's say he's more known for ding dong, ding dong than being stabbed two decades ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh like, man. Hey, honey, remember the time I got stabbed in our house? Yeah, remember that time you wrote that piece of shit? Yeah, ding wait, dong, like, ding where dong. The, where the cops showed up, like. Is that George Harrison? Didn't he write Ding Dong, Ding Dong? <laughs> like that's what he's known for. That completely overshadows anything yeah. he ever did in the Beatles. Is he an it organ donor? Do we need a really album? <laughs> if I worked on Saturday Night Live, we would have a new recurring skit based around Ding, ding Dong, Ding Dong. It would be fucking comedic gold. Yep. That's, um, that's the group song. Just in case there's any of you motherfuckers out there that are on the writing team. Feel free Night to Live. steal that because I'd like to see yeah. your work on it as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, almost like the cowbell situation with Blue Oyster Cold have a whole back scene recording of Ding Dong, Ding Dong. Just like they think Ding down. Dong, Ding Dong is going to be like gonna the be next the big, massive oh, hit. Oh, yeah, Post Beatles hit. It's going to be like, the biggest thing since Come Together. Yeah. Elvis's Blue Christmas isn't going to be shit compared to this we'll make millions boys <laughs> <laughs> we'll go out to the pub for fucking years off this fucking single oh my god <laughs> all right 2002 after being pulled over for driving erratically diana ross of supreme's fame is arrested in tucson arizona for driving under the influence with a blood alcohol level reportedly twice the legal limit she fails all sobriety tests at the scene reportedly falling over when asked to walk a straight line she is charged with three misdemeanor duis twice the legal limit point zero eight she's really dancing in the streets huh yeah how do you feel about the Supremes? You like the Supremes? I like the Supremes. I yeah, love the Supremes. Supremes. Yeah, yeah baby. I, I love, love that whole <laughs> time, man, like four tops, all that stuff. Very good. 
That's when music was actually like written. Yeah, like you the know? Temptations, dude. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't get enough. Bro, I listened to something really interesting the other day. It was um the Beach Boys. Uh, what the fuck was it? It was a Beach Boys song, God something. God only knows. God only knows. And it was the vocal track off of it. Yeah, dude, it is fucking. That sounds. Yeah. Dude, it blows your fucking mind. Like, get the if you ever get the chance to look it up, I would. Like, it's just one of those things where you're like, holy shit. I like how they're doing that a lot recently with a lot of artists. Yeah. Like those isolated, isolated vocal yeah. tracks. So you can see like how, how talented these yeah. fucking musicians Bro, really were, dude. It's just like we talk about this shit all the time. Like people were like born and like made to do certain things. Yeah. Like them cocksuckers were fucking put on this but world. But that's the problem now. Because you make see people shit. get fucking deals because all they have to do is have a personality because they can a adjust presence. their voice at any yeah. like Like Freddie Mercury was not the most attractive individual in the world, but he had a fucking voice, dude. Yeah. Now you get somebody that's easy to look at and they can make your voice sound like anything they fucking want to. Yeah. So it works. You know, I mean, shit. 2002, the funeral of former Clash singer and guitarist Joe Strummer took place in London. Strummer had died of a suspected heart attack on December 22nd, 2002, mm. at age 50. I think we've talked about this, Bill. You don't really like The Clash, right? No, I like The Clash. I, I like Joe Strummer. Okay. If you go... Do you like uh, <laughs> Do you like the self-title better than London Calling? No. Okay. I like London Calling better. I think London Calling has got to be. London Calling is probably cliche. in my top five it's, albums. Yeah, honestly. I was going to say, as cliche uh, as it is, it is still like It's just ridiculous. It's fucking good. Like, yep. I'll take yeah. London Calling over anything by the Beatles, anything by the Rolling Stones. Fucking, it's just fucking ridiculously good. There's yes. so many genres coming together on that album. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but I'll take like Rudy can't Bob fail, Dylan dude. Album. Yeah, man. Like, like that whole reggae most, sound. Most and of the, the 60 shit. Like Jimi oh. Hendrix, I probably will take a couple of his albums over it, but. Uh, maybe not, because I don't know. London Calling really might be in my top five. I don't know. It's very good. It's long and good. There's yep. a lot of good ass songs on it. Um, I even like like Combat Rock. I'm like a big Clash fan. Are you really? You like Combat Rock? Straight to hell, boy. There's not a huge Combat there, Rock fan. Mm-hmm. Fucking. Sharif, do I like it? I don't know. Rock <laughs> All right, and moving on. Should I stay or should I go? Let's get to it, please. 2003, Chris Kirkwood from the Meat, Bu- Meat Puppets was arrested and accused of hitting a federal post office security guard in the head with a baton that the musician took from the guard during a struggle. The guard then shot Kirkwood in the back. The incident began over a dispute about parking with another customer at a Phoenix post office. It's pretty badass. Yeah, he took some a fucking shit. security guard's baton. It's funny too because the dudes from Meat Puppets were like back. fucking like hippies. Yeah. When I wake oh, this up was punk in rock the morning, hit someone over the head with the fucking baton at the post office. <laughs> this, is punk, this is punk rock as fuck. This yeah. is why Kurt loved them, dude, because they knew these guys like you know. They on were paper. Ass, they're, yeah. his. He's probably so like. Uh, not stable with no. the ass that he's done. No. Shit, Hell no! But, uh, you're at the post office and you're beating up the security. That's guard. my fucking spot. You yeah. fucking <laughs> security guard probably came out all calm, sir. Let me just you get the fuck the away from me. <laughs> Rip the baton out of him. He probably got shot in the back and kept running, dude. Uh, but he didn't feel that shit. He was so fucked up. He's like, oh, I hit my spine. Yeah, I'm good. He got home like, uh, dude, uh, you're bleeding. <laughs> what? Police shows up. Yeah. Sir, we know where you live. Yeah. Come with us. 
<laughs> you All left right. your car. <laughs> <laughs> um, 2009. Singer-songwriter Neil Young was made an officer of the Order of Canada. Other Canadian musicians who have been given the award include Brian Adams, Leonard Cohen, and the members of Rush. Hmm. Huh. So does that mean that Neil Young could pull you over? Probably in Canada. Yeah, that's what I mean. Either. Officer of the Order. Yeah, huh. I guess. I, I mean, if I got pulled. Two thousand eleven. <laughs> Russell Brand files to divorce Katy Perry, citing irreconcilable differences. Aww. According to Perry, she finds out the next day when he texts her the news. Aww. He fucked up, boy. Uh, Actually, then again, I have seen Katy I'm Perry sure, recently. I'm sure he's not hurting too bad. Yeah, nah. Russell no, Brand is shit, department. Yeah. No, Russell I understand. I, I'm shit, talking dude. about like level of girl. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's still Russell Brand. Yeah, I don't yeah, think he's not. having any problems yeah. in that department. But it's Katy Perry. But look at our perspective. We see people like Katy Perry. Katie we Perry's see the personality. Like, like, on her way you know what I mean? Like, she's super attractive, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, from his like world, you're probably not seeing some of the women he's around. You know what I mean? And also, too, like, on paper, she looks good. You know, but what if she, yeah, she could be a fucking nutcase all the time and it smells? Fucking yeah. snores. Yeah, I think she's like a Jesus freak too. If I, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, you know, I mean, she it's just she could way. be yeah. a great person or a person. She's probably like Illuminati, and Russell hey. Brand's too real for that shit. Yeah, because <laughs> we're all like those, you know, losers who look at celebrities and like see she's hot. Like, oh god, what do I do to her? Oh, like we don't get to see what they're really like as people. You know, He's like, Rihanna just oh, hit you me kissed on the a text. girl, big deal. Yeah, but, you know what I mean. <laughs> Music news. Today in music news, December 30th, 2019, Slipknot's Jay Weinberg has been named the world's best heavy metal drummer in a new music poll. Coincidentally, this coincides with the retirement of Chris Adler. I don't know if this has anything to do with it. But uh, Music Radar, a website for music makers, staged a poll to find out who the best metal drummer is, and Weinberg came out on top with almost twice as many votes as the rest of the rest of the entrants combined. Um, the other names in the running included uh, Slayer's Paul uh, Paul Bostoff, uh, Korn's Ray Luzier, uh, Lamb of God's R. Cruz, Machine Head's uh, Chris Contos, and Jockey Walgreen of Amon Marth. Dude. I've seen Amon Marth live. Their drummer's fucking nasty. Yeah, he's good. Art Cruz is fucking nasty. Machine Head's drums are fucking crazy. Ray Luzier is fucking insane. He's in corn. Yeah. And that's probably the most like not like not like four four type drumming ever. And Paul Basta from Slayer is pretty fucking good too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I've seen him be like a super fan, but drumming Danny Carey. I'm surprised he wasn't even in this. He probably didn't. Well, even I enter. guess they don't classify him as metal. No, they classify tools metal. What about Dave Grohl? His work on the Probot album. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I, nah, that was like 16 years yeah, ago. Yeah, the thing about it is, I'm not a huge Slipknot fan, but his, like when you just isolate a drummer. Well, dude, Joey Jordison was dude. a fucking maniac behind yeah. the kit, and we've seen that multiple times. Well, but Jay Weinberg is pretty fucking good, and he's got that shit in his blood. His dad yeah. is fucking Max Weinberg from Bruce Springsteen, yeah. and his dad's an insanely good drummer. Like, fucking crazy good. Yep. But, I mean, you know, I guess it is what it is. K-pop artists are going to jail for rape. That's also the next thing on music news, by the way. Not this surprising this to isn't, me, honestly. Yeah, That's is, a yeah, weird genre. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we never gotten into K-pop before. Which so is I've, crazy. It's a huge sensation. But you also have to think, um, I think K-pop is like a cancer in the music industry. I'll be totally yeah, honest with you. Yeah. It says right here, 
Two K-pop stars were sentenced to prison on Friday for raping women who were too drunk to consent to sex, and one of the men also convicted of making mu- making videos of the assaults and sharing them with friends online. Uh, the sealed uh, Central District Court sentenced the singer-songwriter Jung Jun Young, who recorded and shared the videos of six years in prison. His friend Choi Jung Hoon, a former boy band member, was sentenced to five years. Uh, the accused perpetrated sexual crimes against multiple women, degrading women and treating them as mere tools of sexual pleasure. Judge uh, Kang Seong Soo said in his verdict on Friday, it's hard to fathom the pain the victims must have suffered. Who do we blame for this, Gangnam Style? Is Gangnam that, Style K-pop? Nah. It was Korean music. I I, yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, where I did mean, this maybe come it's from? Gangnam Style. I mean, he kind of brought the shit to the mainstream. Yeah, I don't want to take too much out of this to start talking about this because that's too much to talk about. But just given this, and we don't really know anything about K-pop. Yeah. Well, this is what's crazy about this story is like if you figure, like they had video recording of it, they shared it and stuff like that. Think about some of the artists from like our generation and even prior that we listened to, and some of the things that they may or may not have indulged in. Yeah, but if they had phones back then. Ooh, shit! Holy fuck, dude! I think Michael said it when he was on our show before too. He's like, you know, if they had cameras, thank God back, they had yeah, cameras they back there. Cameras, yeah, dude. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude! Calling you out, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next thing and last thing we have here in music news is Motley Crue's Vince Neil undergoes hand surgery to treat in quotes Viking disease. Keep that man. <laughs> 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 we're gonna post we're going to uh post a link on our facebook page that you guys have to see of a video of probably no we're just gonna say it's probably one of the best motley crew concerts you'll ever see on video yeah <laughs> it's kickstart my heart with subtitles you're gonna have to go on our page to check it out um it's not a waste of time You'll enjoy it. But anyway, his condition Viking disease. Yeah. Um, Molly Cruz, Vince Neil underwent hand surgery this week in order to treat Dupuytren's contracture, a condition often referred to as Viking disease. The Molly Cruz frontman posted news of the surgery, which took place in Nashville November 27th via his Instagram account. Hand surgery today, Neil wrote, adding the hashtags, hashtag Viking disease, hashtag do Trent's contracture and hashtag Nashville uh, using hashtags to reveal a condition he's been dealing with. Um, it's a condition where one or more fingers become permanently bent in a flexed position. It usually begins with small, hard swelling just under the skin of the palm, then worsens over time until the fingers can no longer be straightened. Yo, what the fuck is it with Motley Crue? Like Mick Mars has that spine disease yeah. and now... Vince Neal's got that hand disease. Tommy Lee's got that dick disease. <laughs> Don't want to go on tour with them. <laughs> Ironically enough, they're back out there. Yeah, so other breaking news. We heard that Motley Crue is reuniting for another reunion tour. So does this mean that they're going to have another farewell tour at the end of this yeah, run of the Motley reunion Crue tour? Is just full of... Shit. Dude, I saw them. <laughs> I saw it, Motley Crue three times, and Damn. they progressively got worse. I'm, I'm like not even into Motley Crue like that to begin with. Let well, alone the fact that like, like my thing was it was cheap seats. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? I can go see Poison, Motley Crue, and Def Leppard. I could see this show, and that'd be cool. And I did. The last time I would have wanted to see them was like the Saints of Los Angeles era. 
Yeah, we are that, the saints. That, was, that wasn't a bad song. We, I did like that we song. Are, we are the saints of yeah. Los Angeles. That song was cool. I mean, Motley Crue is one of those bands to where they're just like, I don't know. They're not a band that I actively go out to listen to, but like if Dr. Feelgood comes on while you know I'm listening to got, music, yeah. I'm not going to shut it off. Like, this shit's awesome. Bob Rock knew what he was doing. True. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can get down with that. But again, it's just they're not a band, especially now. Any older band that I'm going to pay to see for live, I really have to appreciate them if I'm just going to spend money on them regardless of how they... Like Bob Dylan. I saw Bob Dylan. He was yeah. terrible. But I wanted to see Bob Dylan. Just Neil check Young them. was incredible for twenty five fucking dollars. That's what I'm saying. Like I would yeah, see, I would see Neil Young <laughs> even if he just sat on stage and drooled the whole time, just because I would like to say I saw Neil Young perform live. Yeah, Molly Crew is not even up there on the list to say that I would just like to have seen them. And Motley Crue is the thirty four thousand five hundred eighty second greatest yeah, like, band of all time. Yeah, like <laughs> and especially the way they perform live as of recent. Yeah, I. Well, it's not even we them. It's Vince Neil. Yeah, Vince Neal's is a fucking buffoon on stage. But like, he's all the such rest a necessary tight. like figment to that band where he needs to. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Sammy Hagar took over for Van Halen, and then fucking Gary Sharon took over for Sammy. And by accounts that I've heard, the Van Halen three tour kicked fucking ass because Gary Sharon was able to sing. There's no reason on why Motley Crue couldn't get like I don't know Michael Starr from fucking Steel Panther to sing. Have you ever heard yep. Steel Panther do Motley Crue songs yep. live? They're insane. Yeah. He sounds just like him, but that's rather here nor there. Speaking of Steel Panther, we're going to talk about some of the best cover songs. Okay. How do you want to start this one off? Do you just want to go around the table and every Nirvana, every song Nirvana ever covered? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. Facts. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you believe that any of the Nirvana covers are better than the original songs that were covered? All of them, with the possible exception of Turnaround by Devo. It's really ironic that you mentioned that, because I actually just listened to a cover song that uh, my fiance just sent me being uh, This Must Be The Place by Talking Heads. MGMT. It was covered by the Lumineers. Oh, shit. And it's actually really pretty fucking good. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's really ironic that, that this is the thing yeah, I just listened to before we song. walked in here. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's funny. With I think I'm trying to think even back, like what was like one of the first cover? Oh, actually, I think it was um, the Rage album. Uh, what was it called? Ghost of Tom Joad. Can't understand. What was the name of that album? The Rage album. Renegades. Well, Renegades, the song itself. The albums were called Renegades. Was it Renegades? Because Renegades, Renegades, Renegades of Funk. Yeah, yeah. that song yeah. was one of the first Renegades covers I heard, and I fucking really like. Loved it. Um, and then obviously going forward, the only cover I can absolutely say, I like both of them, but the one that is absolutely better is the cover being Painkiller mm, by yeah, Death. Um, and it's funny because even if you're not into that, like Death also did a cover of God of Thunder. I mentioned this previously Fuck yeah. on fucking Human. I never see that Judas Priest. I always look for that Judas Priest album. I never see it anywhere. What, Painkiller? Yeah. Best album. You never Hands see it anywhere. Pinko Hands really down, good. best album. You'll see a million other fucking Judas like Screaming for Vengeance or British Steel or everything else. Mm, yeah, literally, you just don't see this. Um, but yeah, dude, fucking Painkiller by Death. I can literally say that that's just everything was done right. Everything, like you hear bands that do covers of songs and like they do it their own way, but then you have Painkiller and 
it's just fucking spectacular from yep. start to finish. Like I like I prefer the death version to the Judas Priest version. Yep. I mean, the only thing that I like more in the Judas Priest version is like the fucking guitar like squeal in the beginning. Like they're Yeah. I think like the KK Downing and Glenn Tipton combination because then you had Chuck really doing it all and Yeah. But he's just that good where he was able like like if you listen to that album Voice of the Soul. Just to get mm-hmm. you an idea of his like instrumental quality, dude. That whole album is fucking phenomenal. Awesome. Um, I think what we should do is is we should go around because I just started with my favorite, and then I'll give my worst cover. I think we should all go around and say what's your favorite one song, favorite cover. Doesn't even have to say like it's better than the original. Okay. I'm just honing in on this cover specifically because it's just better in my opinion. I love them both, but this is better. I think we should go around and pick our favorite favorite cover of all time and worst cover that you've heard. So obviously, my favorite being death. The worst is Sound of Silence by Disturbed. Oh, yeah. That one sucks. Fucking trash. And here's the thing. Dude, so my friend um, was trying to date this girl. And uh, he's really into music. Brings this girl over. First date. Um, We're roommates. So I, you know, hung in my room. And I'm listening. I'm kind of like, you know, briefly talking between like what I'm doing with reading this music. And I hear I'm like, I hear in the background, I hear Nirvana Unplugged. She wasn't really into music, but he put on the entire Unplugged album, Nirvana album. They listen to it. And I like go out there and give them a drink. And I overhear go like, oh, like, you know, I wanted you to hear this. And puts on the Sound of Silence cover by Disturbed. <laughs> and um, I like did one of those things where I like looked out of the kitchen towards him, and I'm like, dude, you gotta like cut this off now. Like you gotta, you gotta end this now. Like you can't go from like, oh wow, he just showed you. First of all, you never seen on the Nirvana Unplugged. Yeah, a little weird, but okay, because she's also like our age in her mid twenties. Uh-huh. And then after seeing that, her first recommendation is, wow, since you like this. <laughs> Check this out. <laughs> I'm like, get the fuck out now. I'm calling the police. Like, stop. But that that Speaking cover of covers. Yeah, uh, dude. I don't like the cover your ears. Yeah, seriously. Like, I I was even sent that isn't or land of confusion. Fuck that shit. Dude. Oh my god. Yeah, I, dude. Now I think land of confusion is a good cover. I I think it's one of those. No, no. Hold on. Hold the phone. I think it's one of those things to where a band took a song and they made it their own way. Do I think that it's an amazing song? Absolutely not. But do I feel like Disturbed was able to do a better cover of that song? Absolutely not. But I think as far if that song came out and had it not be from Genesis originally, people would probably like Land of Confusion better. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I, I just think, I think it's a cool song. I don't know. I, I, I actually don't really even mind Disturbed. Like I, I don't I'm not gonna go out on a whim here and go, oh, they're fucking greatest like fucking new metal band. live one time, but I can't remember. That was I saw a them mistake. Live. <laughs> like weren't supposed to be there. I saw like, them they just opened for somebody. Yeah. Like. I saw Disturbed when they uh headlined uh Mayhem Fest 2010, 11, 12. Because mm. Megadeth did the 25th anniversary Rust in Peace and then Disturbed headlined the show. Mm. Well, and the thing at Susquehanna Bank Center or whatever it's called now is like fucking um, there can be a band playing and you're not paying attention at all if you're in the lawn. Oh, yeah. Like, well, that's what happened just, when we saw uh, like, Device, Derek Draymond's other band when Disturbed broke up for like two weeks. Mm. The fucking Device didn't even have a bass player. It was just Derek Draymond, a guitar player, and a drummer. And like, I like their live shit always struck me as weird because like he comes out, he's like, "Welcome, my brothers and sisters. <laughs> We're gonna get in with the 
with the practices of sound. He bothers me, dude. Do you hear me? He bothers me. It's just so weird. I don't know, because I think that's, again, where me and you differ in the sound of, like, the heavy rock or hard metal or whatever genre you try to put in, like, those bands that aren't full on death metal and aren't even just, like, hard rock. And then you kind of get that middle ground. It's, like, Disturbed would be, like, a more of a metalcore appreciation. Like, people that appreciate more of the metalcore scene can probably find something they like about Disturbed. Yeah. I think I'm too... Like, I, I'm i just, like, too picky when it comes to that shit sometimes, dude. And, like, You're I think that... you elitist to like it, Steve. I don't like to put it out there as the elitist status. <laughs> uh, I just like to say that my music taste is better than yours to individuals that I don't like what they listen to and they should like what I listen to. <laughs> but Disturbed, no. Nah, like, I'm really upset about that. I put that on the scale of them doing that cover as a level of disrespect that the same thing you two did by forcing me to have their album on my iPhone. I'll still never let that down. Um, <laughs> now to move on before I lose my shit. Who would like to go next? Uh... <laughs> I have my best cover of all time. Just one song, no whole Nirvana stuff. All along the Watchtower, Jimmy fucking Hendrix. Oh, great. Okay. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. perfect because Bob Dylan even came out and was like, yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, I agree. All right. that's the greatest cover of all time. It, it, it's got to be, yeah. Yeah, that, that fucking Why song did it, like, awesome. I totally like, like, overlooked that because I always just think that's a Jimmy song. Yeah. That, and then I, I look, what is that on? John Wesley Harding from Bob Dylan that it's on like, there. You just hear the tambourine the coming in. The, yeah. He took that shit up. Oh, oh fuck yeah! God. Like no one's ever done that before. Like put it this way, I guarantee you, more than half the population in the United States still think that that's just a Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. I honestly thought it was too, and so like I, I looked into it. Yeah. yeah, I did too in the beginning. But I'm saying to this day, I bet you people still don't know oh, everything about yeah. it. The, the bass is crazy. The drums are crazy. Everything. The guitar is obviously insane. Yeah. Like it's it's just a ridiculous track. It's a good cover. One hundred percent. The Bob Dylan version, not for nothing. It's nothing spectacular. No, it's not. <laughs> it's got good lyrics. It's funny because if I that. think if Jimi Hendrix didn't cover that song, like it's a good song, but I, if I heard John Wesley Harding, that's what "All Along the Watchtower" is on from Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. If I was listening to that album, that song probably would never have stood out to me. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I was just like, man, sorry, that's, that's another Bob Dylan song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Tambourine and some fucking harmonica. Bob Dylan just rasping away. <laughs> Whatever. I got. I don't know. My worst uh... doesn't have to be definitive. Just a cover you didn't like. I hate all the like metalcore like covers of like pop songs. Oh, yeah, I like the punk goes pop thing. and shit. Uh, August uh, Burns Red did, like, Baby One More Time. Uh, uh, a Day to Remember did... Um, Total Cringe. Since You've Been Gone. Uh, that one's actually all right. Yeah, that one's good. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, yeah, I, I'd never been a giant fan of that Since whole, like, punk gone. goes pop shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never like that that was cool like that like breakdown part there was this guy who showed me i forget the (laughs) band i don't know if it was suicide silence someone covered a taylor swift song that wasn't suicide who the fuck was it someone covered a taylor swift song metalcore band showed it to me and like the first time i heard it i was like is that song um fuck i can't even i heard it so many times at work and i can't love song No, no it's it's uh Amped up, simple plan. Yeah, dude. Fucking the band, I think it was I Prevail. They covered a Taylor Swift song. And I remember when the person showed it to me, they were like so stoked. They were like, bro, you're going to love this. You got here this cover, bro. <laughs> Just got done lifting about 400 in the gym after I did, you know, another test run. And, uh, you know, here, listen to this. So I listened. 
And I'm like, oh, um, terrible. Um, I didn't want to hurt his feelings, so My I was ears. like, it's okay. Did you drop a ball while you were in there? <laughs> yeah, and it's funny, like, uh, it, like it was one of those. I just didn't want to get into the argument. I didn't want to be like, dude, it's crap, and he's loving it. So I just was like, respect. But dude, the guy sounds like the protein powder's going to your head. Bro, the guy played it. <laughs> Around me so many times. Yo, I'm playing that song, bro. Remember I showed you this? You saw some, right? And I had to be like around people that respected me and be like, yeah, man, it's okay. I'm like, dude, you fucking like that shit? I'm like, let me try to be nice, bro. Because he's over like, bro, play the new I prevailed this week, bro. And I'm like, and um, this is me coming out to you if you hear it. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it. Is he a listener of the podcast? Probably not. But if he ever is and he goes back, I'll mention to him you were shouted out on the That's show. That's the great thing about podcasts. He knows who he the is. Episodes are like long, so like Chances most are. people don't go back. Yeah, but if, like, but I'm putting it on the record. Yeah, was that about me? I'm, I'm not putting his name out there for legality purposes, but he knows who he is if he mentions this moment because. I never had the conversation with him, but he could see my behavior every time he played it. Like I looked like Sometimes Squidward from SpongeBob that keeps getting annoyed by SpongeBob, <laughs> and you slowly see him just deteriorate internally. Like every time he played the song, a piece of me just died inside. <laughs> oh, blank space, but I prevail again. Almost, I'm gonna commit suicide. <laughs> Almost there. So right. did you did you do your shit? I don't want to be cliche and go like, oh, Van Halen did that cover album, Diver Down, and they were all really good. So but, you'll go with you really got me, which was before. Yeah, but that. I don't want to do you really got me because that one's always like, like, yeah, that's like the fucking like the quintessential cover song. You can't mm. put an arm around a memory by uh, Guns N' Roses. Mm. <laughs> Spaghetti incident was definitely <laughs> a fucking incident. <laughs> no, the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Spaghetti um, accident. Probably the best cover. On honestly, it. My one of my favorites, only be not because you just mentioned it now, but because I've listened to it within the past week, is Black Diamond by replacements. replacements. Like I, I, it's just good. I Real work. I gotta go back. I remember my least favorite cover song of all time. What is it? Megadeth, Public Enemy, number one. Really oh, terrible. You you like that war less than No More Mister Nice Guy? The No More, well, they're just all bad. No, no, no you know what? I yeah, actually no, I probably do like. Public enemy number one. More than less. that. Yeah. Oh, less? Yeah. Damn. Um Yeah. And probably my least favorite cover. My well, my least favorite cover is no more Mr. Davis nice Dan. Guy. You know what I thought of another one? I don't know if you like it or not. What? Because a lot of people do. Bad company by Five Finger Death Brunch. Ooh, yeah, terrible. Fucking All trash, right. dude. They're just a trash, trash band in general. Dude. But I don't. Here comes Bill Stance. No, no, no. My... Let me support the right wing <laughs> cock rock band. <laughs> the correct terminate the correct terminology is butt cock rock. rock. Butt rock, Connor. Rock. <laughs> On this episode of Bill's Justification <laughs> for Commercial Music. I'm not a giant fan of Five Finger Death Punch. However, I feel like the bad company cover isn't as bad as you're trying to make it seem. Uh, what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go into this. What don't you like about it? I don't like the bridge. I don't like the hook. I hate the vocals because I listened to that song for a reason. That like, dude, you know, it's a cover. It's the same. It's it's the same layout as the original song. But it's not, dude. They had that riff in there. They I try to make it more metal in the chorus. Because yeah. it's bad company. They chunk they, it like, up. They make like. Yeah, they tried. I guess. See, this is the thing: when bands try to take it and make it their own, I get it. But when you try to add their more in to make it your place. specific <laughs> sound, and you're taking away from like 
there's a reason I listen to Bad Company, not just yeah. because of song, but because it produces a certain feeling, like the slow intro, Paul Rogers' voice, da 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 da. Same thing with like Death. I get a different feeling because Ooh. Death made that their own. It's funny because I heard that song. And that was the song that really got me to recognize Five Finger Death Punch because I never even saw like the hype and the shit talk on them. I never put Five Finger Death Punch in like that class of shit bands, that class of mocked bands. I heard that cover and it was like the same thing with the I Prevail thing. Someone showed it to me and they treated it as like that was a bad, like that was their song. Like, did you hear this song Bad Company by Five Finger? And I was just like, I listened to them like, like fuck, man, because like I love that song. Yeah, I I saw. Now, would you like it better if Ivan Moody wasn't singing it? I don't even think the vocals were so much as the problem. I think it's because they tried to Just put that idea. aggressive tone to it to add that like five finger death punch like. Yeah, heavy metal sound to it, and it just didn't work in the way I can that agree the song with that. Went. Um, However, I wouldn't say that they're that fucking like no more Mister Nice Guy is a fucking better cover. Well, you already mentioned it. I'm yeah, I'm putting they're I mean. all in the same boat because I respect Megadeth, but that cover was trash. Okay, the cover was just as I would almost say that cover is almost as bad. Hmm. They're around the same par. Like yeah. Sound of Silence is on a whole different scheme. Yeah, yeah, dude, that that's just fucking shit, like um, full blown shit. And then you have that whole tier, like No More Mister Nice Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. Now, what I, about Careless Whisper by Seether? Yeah, mm, take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. That I'm was not actually super the first. That. that was the first version of that song that I heard. Oh, really? Yeah, I never heard the fucking Wham version. <laughs> then, then I heard the Wham version. I'm like, these motherfuckers ripped off Seether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm like, yeah, those South Africans must be pissed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, as far as covers go, I feel like if a band's able to do the song justice, and I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I think about it in a different way. Like, if they're able to breathe new life into the song with new technology and whatever, then that's what makes a good cover. Like, you think of the difference between, like, the Kinks, You Really Got Me, and Van Halen's You Really Got Me. Yes. There's, like, 10 years difference in there. And yeah. obviously, the level of skill between the Kinks, or the Kink and fucking Van Halen. Yeah. Like, there's obviously a major, you know, a major... Kinks are leagues ahead. What? <laughs> <laughs> then, um, that's funny. That was really good. But then, like, you hear like Diver Down, where they did like Dancing in the Streets and shit, and they basically turned Dancing in the Streets into another song. And yeah. at that point, I mean, I know people love the original version, but like the Dancing in the Streets Van Halen version has become like the soundtrack to like a summer. Yeah. Like, you can't go to a summer barbecue without hearing that version. I think it's also to the influence of a band when they're covering it. Like Death obviously had influence from Judas Priest. Yeah. Um, Five Finger Death Punch, I don't think they took a lot of their sound from Bad Company. Disturb, I don't think they took a lot of their sound from Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. So then you think of other covers like Shadow Play was covered by The Killers, mm-hmm. who was done by Joy Division. They kind of came up with that same post-punk dark vibe where yeah. it's like when they cover that song they had direct influence same thing with what i mentioned with like the lumineers covering the talking heads mm-hmm. they both had that weird art indie hipster vibe where it's like that was able to like correlate where they were yeah. going to take that sound they already had that writing direction that musical sense of what they were going for well the other thing too that we're failing to mention is the band that shall not be named mm-hmm. they did a few extremely good covers turn the page yeah, I like that better than Bob Seger's version. Yeah, uh, Tuesday's gone. Uh, 
And that actually had Gary Rosington from fucking uh, Leonard Skinner on it. Their cover of Last Caress was way better than the original. No way. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do that. My heart. Um, my, my fucking chest. They also did... Um, okay. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that scared the shit out of me. I thought you were serious. I was about to leave. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Didn't I'm they done. also do Die, Die, My Darling, too? No, they did um, Hybrid Moment. No, um, Attitude. Yeah. They did Attitude. No, wait. Guns N' Roses did Attitude. The, so did the other uh, band. Yeah. Yeah, live. And then they did some Diamond Head covers. Funny about that, Megadeth also did a Diamond Head cover on one of their live shows, and it's fucking awesome. I'm going to play this for you after yeah. when we're done here. This is probably how I like, I don't I can't believe that it's Dave singing on it because mm -hmm. like I wish he had sounded like this I don't know what it is but he just does this song you got I'll, I, afterwards yeah. I gotta show you this cover his diamond head cover it's fucking excellent and probably another good one from this particular band is Whiskey in the Jar yeah I mean like Thin Lizzy's version because obviously Thin Lizzy covered it because it's like a um I forget the what, how they classify it but it's like an, an like an Irish like drinking song folkish yeah like folk, yeah. folk song whatever yeah and thin lizzy covered it and obviously this band was very very highly influenced by thin lizzy and they covered it and i thought that that came out extremely well yeah wax for my dirty <laughs> 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 right. first produce my pistol <laughs> send and deliver <laughs> for the devil he may catch ya <laughs> So, so to wrap up this topic, how do we feel about cover songs? Do we feel like these artists should leave these things alone? Do we feel like, you know, continue to do these covers as long as it's as long as it's within good taste? Yeah, I agree with that. If you want to do it, do it, but don't. If you do it like crap, don't expect anybody to like mince their words. I just I hate when someone can take something and then like make it to the point, like I said with the the, the five finger death punch thing, where it's like put out there as like 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 when Death did Painkiller, obviously Death was not on the map as some commercial bands, yeah. but they weren't producing that song to be listened. It was just on the album. Yep, like the God of Thunder remake. Uh, cover was just on the re-release of Human. It was just an added track. Like they weren't yeah. like the Five Finger Death Punch. Like they tour, they and play these singles. They play it live. Like <laughs> it was a single. They made a music video for and it and that's everything. What's fucked up. Like don't yeah. make it like that. Like just pay a little homage and move on. Unless yeah. it turns out to be like if you really can say like it gets the fame and notoriety. Like I mean, think about All on the Watchtower. Yeah, I agree with you touring and playing that song because that's just a whole level of like talent. That's just you can't compare that to the yeah. sort of bands you name. And like I said, with Van Halen, with you really got me. Like that basically sparked their career. Of course, yeah, that's another song like, I heard. Before like that the was like the too. yeah, yeah, like that was the yep. first single off Van Halen one. Yep. All right, so last week we suggested for you guys to watch the docudrama "Soaked in Bleach," directed by Benjamin Statler. Now, since this is Connor's forte and this is his, you know, level of expertise or area of expertise, I'm going to let him take you through the uh, start to finish of this film. Well, we're not going to go start to finish. Not so really. Yeah, it's not really a movie that's like that. It's it's. Uh, Tom Grant got hired by Courtney Love in 1994 to track down Kurt Cobain, who was missing after he had checked himself out of rehab. Um, although he, well, he didn't check himself out. He left the rehab and 
flew back to Seattle. He's a private investigator was hired um, to find him. That's just Tom Grant through his a uh, couple day long search for Cobain. He uh, noticed irregularities from Courtney's in Courtney's behavior and associates of the two. And uh, when Kurt died, he can kind of thought something was fishy and kept his work up. This movie's like the display of all the evidence and other experts that he's teamed up with over the years to present the case that he did not kill himself and his death was orchestrated by Courtney Love. And we all know your opinion on this. Courtney killed him. What do you think, Steve? I object. What do you think, Bill? All the evidence points towards that she did it. Exactly. That's fine. I, I mean, I don't know that it, 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 the argument can be seen for both ways. Definitely be seen for both ways, but no, there is no denying that the evidence is there that she did it. And I don't want to start getting into the bullet points of the movie where it's like the whole all people. If you're interested in wondering whether he killed himself or not, watch the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. the best movie to watch on the topic. Yeah, current there is some cheesy shit. reenactments and yada yada, but let's mm-hmm. get some flack for that. I see, but uh, as far as the the work that's been accumulated and is presented here, I think it's a solid piece. Yeah, I agree. Now, what are you going to rank this, Connor? What are you rating this, Connor? Eighty four percent, Steve. Eighty four. What about you, Steve? I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'm gonna give it a sixty eight percent. 68%, damn. 68%. And I'm going to say that because it is worth a watch, um, but it was, uh, it, it wasn't convincing to the point of like, absolutely, I believe it. But it was enough to say like, Hollywood yeah, production to get the point. No, no. <laughs> there was enough evidence in there for me to like really start thinking. But again, I already had those thoughts in mind. And I really think at the end of the day, Regardless if it was going to get to a point where she did orchestrate it, I still think he himself was on the brinks and the suicide is logical enough. So, I mean, obviously, like I said, the movie's worth a watch, but... He was worth more dead than alive, bro. Hey, what? From his perspective, too. Business is business. There's also a CIA contingent in the situation that wasn't discussed in the film. Yeah, okay. I'll get to that another day. (laughs) I stick by my 68%. Yeah, I'm going to rank this one as 65. I mean, I think it's way better than Kurt and Courtney. 100% way better. 65? Yeah, 65. That's it, man? Yeah, I can only do a 65. Um, I feel like if this were like a Hollywood production, I'd probably rank it way more. Like the cheesy reenactments kind of killed it for me. I just wish Tom Grant would go to like, you know, like Spielberg or something. And be like, listen, we have to make this into a movie. Spielberg's with the CIA, bro. He don't want to touch the Kirk Cobain story. He's got to go. He's got to go to Quentin Tarantino. The Tom Grant shit just Tarantino be a bad. Tarantino could do a good Kirk Cobain film. All right. So with our three combined scores, could do the music like Kill Bill. True. (laughs) We have a seventy-two. Um, we're actually higher than a lot of people here. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gave (laughs) it a thirty. IMDb gave it a seventy-four percent. About where we were. IMDb's. And Medi- uh, starting to be on the right track. Metacritic gave it 50. That's mm. some bullshit. Um, That's the reviews shit. is from Brian Tallareco Taller- from RogerEper.com. This is a bad film filled with <laughs> awkward reenactments, poorly designed graphics, 
scripted interview segments, ominous music, and enough jumping to conclusions. I'm surprised someone didn't throw Listen, out their back. He's on RogerEbert.com, and his name is not Roger or Ebert. So <laughs> he really, um, I'm not even going to get into that, but I think we all know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> John DeFore from The Hollywood <laughs> Reporter says, by the time Wecht declares that this is a death that simply has to be reinvestigated. Even a viewer with no special right, attachment to Cobain's legacy is likely to agree. Hmm. There we are. I fucks with John DeFore at the Hollywood Reporter. He's on to it, man. So you heard it here. Yeah. Next week, however, our group suggestion is Sid and Nancy, directed by Alex Cox. Starring Courtney loves in as, that movie. Yeah, she is very briefly. Yeah. Uh, Nancy Spongeon played by Chloe Webb, and uh, if you've seen, obviously the Batman was it movies, Christian uh... Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman plays Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious. Should have been Christian Slater. No way, dude. Have you seen it? Not in a long ass time, bro. Gary Oldman does the fucking job. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I oh, like yeah. Gary Oldman and everything, but I feel like Christian Slater just had the more Sid Vicious look. Yeah, well, Christian Slater at this point in time, I think, was like slowly. Slipping off the map. No, I think Gary Nance was like after Sid and Nancy. It Heather's was after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was on the map, bro. He was yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So, Gary in order to catch the review of this movie, you're at the tune in next week. Now, let's get into our personal suggestions for this week. For staying on or staying true to the topic about covers, I want to suggest the Suicide Silence cover of Rob Zombie's Super Beast as a hidden track on their No Time to Bleed album. Hmm. It's actually a really fucking good cover, and I know you're not a giant fan of Suicide Silence, but this cover does the job. So, my uh, choice today is the uh, 1987 album by Scott LaRock and KRS-One. It's called Memory of a Man and His Music. The recommended track is 9mm Go Bang. What da da dang? What da 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 dang? Hey, listen to my nine millimeter go bang. I feel like I've heard that. Fuck fire, dude. I've heard that before. So good, dude. Okay. I'm going to bring it back to 91. Oh. To Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Seriously. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's that's that my highlighted track. Shit, you put me on to that. I and that's, that. that's, that's the best song on the album, I feel like. Um. That's my. I feel like it's honestly my favorite Tupac album. I know I recommended uh, Thug Life before, yeah, uh, and I think maybe Me Against the World, but I'm bringing it back Dude. to Tupac because Tupac nice. stays relevant <laughs> in the car. This is good. All right, guys, so that wraps it up for this week. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening and your continued support for this podcast. We're going to keep doing them as long as you keep listening. Um, as always, you can catch us on our social medias: facebook.com slash ratm podcast. Twitter and Instagram at RATM Podcast. And as always, our email is open at RATM Podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, as we said before last season, and it's still staying true even to this season, if you have a band that you want to get spotlighted on our podcast, you know, our reach isn't giant, but it's probably a little bit more than your average local band could get. So if you want, you know, to submit your music, you can email us links mp3s videos whatever you want to ratm podcast at gmail.com but like i said before that wraps up for this week this is rage against the mainstream signing off i'm bill 
Connor. Steve. Have a good night, guys. Thank you for listening. You too, bro.